Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Box Set Pod. My name is Howell. This is Jamie. Mm. And this is Matthew Wandless. Yes. And it's time to return to The Walking Dead. Uh, the theme tune's back. Um, so, my theme tune, that is, I composed it. It's not, believe it or not, one of the official um, theme tunes. Um, two episodes in one for you, partly because none of us in Britain noticed that The Walking Dead was back. We apologise. <laughs> so we had, we had to play catch-up. We've watched both of the first two episodes of the second half of season eight. So what numbers are these, for God's sake? Uh, this is episode eight, nine, the, I think. Uh, nine and ten. Nine and ten. Okay. So we're into the second half of season eight. It's crept up on us like a zombie, <sighs> and we are here to observe the good, the bad, and the zombie. So it was remarkable how underpublicized this yes. second half of the season was compared to the first half. Amazing. It feels like they're almost ashamed of it. Which, uh... <laughs> <laughs> they just quietly released it like a fart in a lift. Yeah. Hope no one noticed. I mean, I imagine in America it was very different, but I, I think now TV spent so much money publicising it at the beginning of season eight, I imagine that maybe the figures weren't what they hoped and they went, ah, that was a bit of a, a, bit of a lost leader there. Um, mm. And that's we'll come on to figures and stuff in a bit uh, in a new section that I like to call, um, <laughs> I like to call. Do you agree <laughs> and discuss? <laughs> Which is, oh. I've found some quotes oh. from the internet from different news stories, so we can get onto that. But first of all, how do we feel, uh, Matthew? Um, I, I was, uh, I enjoyed watching it again. It was, um, it's interesting how much I'd forgotten about what had happened. Like yes. I, I really, I found myself uh, feeling a bit lost. Particularly by the time we got into episode two, um, uh, sorry, episode ten, and um, but uh, on the whole, I'm 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 happy to be back. Okay, Jamie. I mean, let let's begin with episode nine, which was almost a complete washout. Oh, I mean, get out of here! Really? It was. I mean, nothing it happened. Was, Nothing For, happened. Nothing. It, what are you they talking about? That, it was that, a goodbye episode, to Carl. It was just that a, episode was called Honor. It should have been called Goodbye Carl. I said Goodbye Carl <laughs> because it took him ages to. I knew it was going to. I knew they were going to drag it out. Now I'm not saying that there weren't some lovely emotional moments between him and Rick, but it was very slow and very dark. Like the whole episode was in, was a bunch of nighttime scenes. I couldn't see what the hell Sorry, was going on most of the time. Mm. Sorry about my was, cat. The, um, the effect. Look, hang of, on, like, wait a second. Not yeah. nothing happened. I thought they did quite a good job of mm. giving enough reverence to Carl's death, mm. but also um, moving oh. along other areas of the story. What? What is the, the, the whole Morgan and Carol SWAT team extravaganza. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> crazy Morgan's back. I know, yeah, I they killed we, off I... an entire faction of saviors and uh, and rescued uh, King Ezekiel. I do True. enjoy seeing Carol and Morgan back together. They'd make a great spin-off buddy cop movie. 
Uh, those two together. There's just something about that dynamic that I but really look, we, enjoy. They, they, didn't, they, they didn't do nothing, and they, and they didn't just sit there and wringing uh, their hands and uh, and crying into their lapels. Yeah, they 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 did a whole action spin-off as well. I thought I, I thought it was actually quite well done because if Carl had been dead within the first five minutes, I think it would have just been a little bit like, oh well, that was a non-event. Yeah, yeah, we had to, yeah, you know when a when a character of that this is a seismic shift in the uh, in the dynamic of the cast. Yes. So I think if they'd not given it the full attention of this episode, it would have felt really uh, anticlimactic. I guess, well, not I anticlimactic, think right. but it would just not done justice to him. I, I think, I think they needed that time. Yeah, I think you're right. They did need to give it. I just felt like it was done fairly annoyingly, and and I, I didn't like. It's such. It was such a slog to get through. Like I wanted Carl to have a bit of a moment, and there were there was the odd moment that was touching in it, but there was a lot that was just dragging on and on and flashing forward and back, and I just find it tiresome and laborious. The storytelling at times. But I and mean that 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 um uh f- future idea of the you know the bearded Rick and stuff mm. has been with us since episode one of this. Series. Yeah, and it I turns it was quite out quite a nice way to wrap it up. Yeah, it, because it turns out, doesn't it? Well, am I right in thinking that it turns out that that is Carl's dream, not Rick's? That's Carl's dream. fantasy. Yeah, yeah, it's Carl's fantasy. Yeah. Nice. That was a really of what nice. The future holds. I thought it was a, re- a lovely reveal, and particularly yeah. when, it was when, when you saw Eugene in there. I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Mm, and mm. like, how has that happened? And um, uh, and and the reveal of uh, of Negan at the end. I thought that was great. I, and, okay, and this, I agree. I with think that, this, but, but uh, this I set think... of letters from Carl. Hold on one sec. Set of letters from Carl is now going to set the tone for the rest of the series. It's going to be about figuring out a way to not. Uh, kill each other all the time and not be all Lord of the Flies the whole time. That's right. Although it's the same moral question that has been around for a few series now. Essentially, this is yes, just but it's the it's the moral question framing. that is central to the whole thing. Yes. How how do we how do we live after? And and if you know if you can't get on board with that concept, don't watch the show. <laughs> well, I, however, I think part part of the reason, perhaps why, and I take back my comment that nothing else happened. You're right. Something did. So why did it feel like that? And I, well, I, go on, Jamie. I, I think part of the problem is that's you know, it's not a bad idea for an episode, but to start after a mid-season break with, with that episode just felt like, geez, we're, we're into this miserable. Now, that's fascinating. I agree it because um, it's it's about how much the the series is self-aware of the fans, right, and how much it has to perform for the fans. If we didn't live in a world of massive social media now, of the effect that the fans can have on something, if 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 a snowball begins now in the fan community, that it ain't you know it's difficult to stop, and they know that. Surely, in days gone by in the series, the funeral of Carl would have happened at the end of the first, uh, the, you know, before the season break, and and it wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have dwelt on it for so long, and. They have to because the fans are going, this is wrong. You shouldn't be taking Chandler Riggs. It was a goodbye to Chandler Riggs as much as it was a goodbye to Carl. And, and it, for me, it just kept coming back to, I just kept saying, you know, aside from Jamie's comments about Chandler Riggs not being that awesome, um, it kept coming back to me going, this is wrong. Shouldn't be getting rid of Carl. And let's look at what they've done. Having got rid of Carl... 
they've essentially handed his prince crown to this new guy. Uh, like, there was that whole conversation where it's like, you are now going to carry this mantle. Rick, you're going to look after this. We've swapped him for a kid exactly the same age who is now going to have pretty much the same opinions as Carl. At the risk of um, pissing off all of the fans with just the most controversial move that Scott Gimble could come up with. That's what it feels like to me. I, I, I'm not saying that I support the decision to kill off Carl. Mm. But I think if if we were watching this in a vacuum and we didn't know that there was an entire alternative um, narrative that exists and that is incredibly popular where Carl doesn't die, mm. then I don't think we'd be having this conversation. I do, I do because I think Rick's had enough. Like there are there has been so much death that Rick did need somebody. He did need a kid to be fighting for. I think. Yeah, because he doesn't have any other kids. Oh yeah, he's got bloody Judas. Fucking idiot. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, surely a, a zombie should have run off with Judith. If they wanted shock value, that would have been it, wouldn't it? <laughs> Good Christ! Listen, and... the thing, the, the thing is for me is that if this was a mid-season opener. If this episode had come straight after the last episode of before the mid-season break, episode eight, it would have worked a lot better. But there's a massive gap of time. And in that time, like you said, Matt, you lose a lot of the strands of what's going on. It's it's it, it, You have to kind of reset. But you're starting from this position of a death scene. That's the start of the... that For me, timing-wise, it's badly positioned. If you binge-watch this, I imagine it won't be as big yeah. an issue. And it'll be a fine episode. But watching it after a mid-season break, it felt really tiresome and a bad way to begin in, uh, after the mid-season. I tend to agree with that, actually. And this is why, if you if you recall, when, when uh, at the end of last, the last half of the season, I said, I predicted that the first episode would not be Carl's death. Mm. Um, and I think that would have made a better um, a whole season episode narrative to, to kind of do the previous day because you you know they showed um in that one a little bit how the saviors got out of yes um, yeah the sanctuary i think they should have just shown that and they should have built it up to the point where they revealed the car bite at the end of last series and then done the the death episode in episode 10 instead of nine yeah. right no agree. so i agree, agree with that i agree with that yeah but no, i that's... also but at the same time it, it given that they did do what they did i thought they balanced it quite nicely with the action from the other parts of the episode uh, to to not make it into a long funeral dirge. And in your version of events though, if it had of, that would have made a much better episode 10 than we got. So if we can step forward to episode 10, it feels like stuff happened because I mean, massive conversation needed around the bin dippers, of course. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's like the worst 20 minutes of the walking dead that I've ever seen. Go on. (laughs) Before we get to that point, um, it's uh, it, uh, for me. It was just annoyingly slow. The music was like boom, boom. It was like a Casio keyboard, boom, boom. For like, what are you talking was, about? This is episode ten. It was like a somber shit. It was a somber shit until the Bin Dipper stuff happened, and then stuff started to sort of take off a bit. But it, it felt like Carl's done all this. I just couldn't help stop. I couldn't stop thinking. Okay, I'll ask you guys. Tell me the conversation between Rick and Negan. Mm. 
did that go the way that you expected it to go? And if so, were you pleased with it, Jamie? Uh, I thought I thought it was quite good that Negan. I liked Negan's reaction to Carl's yeah. death. Yeah. Um, but we knew it, that he it, he was fond of Carl, so I kind of expected that. But did yeah. you, did you not? Are you talking about Rick's actions? Yeah, I'm talking about Rick. Basically, basically, we've gone goodbye, Chandler Riggs. Um, massive episode building up the fact that your son is dying and he's telling you that you must make amends with people and end up in a garden with Negan. And then Rick picks up the walkie-talkie <laughs> and just repeats the same fucking thing that he's said yes. to Negan. But that's because he's a grieving father. Yeah. It, would be, it would be completely unrealistic for him to just go, yeah, actually, Carl was right. I don't, I'm going to forgive yeah. this guy. And, and suddenly turn it around. But it's, I think we're working towards something. And, yeah. and th- th- this is, you know, cl- classic you, attention deficit disorder, just wanting to jump straight to the end of the series, <laughs> as fans of the Godless episode would have seen. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you just want it all wrapped up by the end of this episode, don't you? It's going to take a few episodes to figure out how to get through this arc. Well, I and just, I do think it ultimately, ultimately we're probably now working towards the idea that the two uh, camps can live together. But I don't know how it's going to happen because there's so much bad blood there. How is it? You know, it's very easy to say, give peace a chance. But it's like, you know, there's there's blood spill on both sides. There's too much hatred. It's but very because difficult to put the cork back in the bottle. But because as an audience, we've heard that scra- that broken record from Rick so many times. It's not that I want it to be, let's give peace a chance. It's that I... I feel like it's time after half a series. They've already already been debating whether to kill people or not and what the ethics are. After the effect of Carl, surely there's an option C. There's something where Rick is going, I am going to... I don't know. Yes, that's what we're working towards. We're working towards that, and I think that's where we'll be by the end of the series. But this is what you seem to be struggling with, with long-form TV. Is that it allows you to work the idea through in a natural way that doesn't make it feel rushed and doesn't make people do unjustifiable things? Because I, I really do think that if Rick had just suddenly come round to the idea and suddenly started not suing saying the police that. with Negan, that it would have been everyone would have been like, "That's ridiculous." There's I'm no not way saying that. He's so... going to work through it and he'll get to a stage where he can get there. Yeah, he will. But it's yeah, yeah. We, you have we to show the time already. passing. That's it. It, it, I, I, I can't believe some of the stuff you you said last week, actually. Oh, here we go. Um, and I don't want to make it into another <laughs> episode because, hang on, hang on, Howell, I wasn't the biggest Godless fan, but um, I, I, I agree completely with what Jamie was saying, which is that you just weren't interested in it. And if you are interested in it, then those things um, don't matter to you. You mm. don't matter how much time you're spending on it. In fact, you want to spend more time. Mm. And then you went on to say something about grandiose shows that um, with, with a captive audience who just get away with doing whatever they want. And I agree particularly with uh, someone mentioned The Returned and how that does that, and I, mm. I agree with that. Uh, but then it made, all, all I could think of when, when, when you were prattling on, Howell, was how much you like <laughs> Mad Men, which is the very definition of that type of thing. It's like, you know, the amount of time spent just looking at Don Draper thinking about something, not saying or doing anything. And yet you get so much out of it. No, and there's a difference between exposition. There's there's a difference just between scenes that are explaining about characters and scenes that are surprising you or being mysterious. And the the Mad Men example is a great example where Mad Men, yes, things move very slowly, 
but you also are surprised. People, people, the plot and things that happen go in directions that, that you don't expect. And and if Mad Men were in charge of this Rick plot, I'm just saying that the the lines out of Rick wouldn't have been identical to the ones that we've had so far for twenty episodes. About it's because he's stuck in he, he's stuck there. Yeah, but he's been and he stuck there for and ages. Got... It's a bit tedious. Yeah, but this has pushed him further down into it, and he will come out of it. That's what makes the arc work. Mm, mm. It's a long arc. If they don't do it, if they don't do it, I'll I'll stand correct and I'll call shit on it as well. But I think this is right. Yeah, and I think it was quite nice the way Negan turned the tables on Rick as well and put the blame on Rick. And 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 I think that there's a, you know, that's an interesting dynamic that's developing who is to blame and who is the bad guy within these this world they're living in they've been exploring it already but i think it's really interesting and 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 i yeah i just thought i thought that scene was actually really well done you know he's angry yeah. at the moment ricky's just freaking angry he's just seen the bin dippers massacre and he feels guilty for leaving that one bin dipper in a nighty um, oh my god what happened <laughs> what the no. fuck is going on there I don't know. Why did she put a nightie on? I don't know whether it's. When, um, yeah, when did she take off her leather outfit and exchange it for a nightdress? Well, it's all been a show, so it's. And again, I would like to know whether this is the same in the comics, like, or the whether the dippers don't exist in the comics, as far as I know. Right? Uh, oh, they must do. They must do because th- that language is so kind of only works when you read it. I'm only going by what my friend Sam at work has said, but he said they're not in there. Oh, my God. Well, in which case, I have a question for you. Did Scott Gimble know, before they before he wrote the bin dippers in the first place, did he know that at some point she's going to start talking normally? Or has this come because so many people in the universe, like us, have gone, nobody could have developed that language this quickly? Look, I don't think it's any coincidence that this absolute car wreck of a plot device <laughs> has been entirely massacred AK after they've had their worst part of the even day. down to her language so okay so she's been able to speak normally in a southern american accent all along fine can someone explain to me the helicopter the helicopter comment so suddenly mm-hmm. now is that the first time when simon said oh by the way what about that helicopter pad out the back yeah, I don't know what that was. And was there something about solar panels as well? Yeah, so I, I don't know what's going on there. But because, like, at the end of her bit where she came out and started, what was she eating? Was it fish <laughs> out of a can? But there was a moment there where I, where she started to reveal something underneath the garbage, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Plot twist: The Bin Dippers are like these technological marvels. They're like Wakanda in yeah. The Walking Dead, yeah. and they're going to suddenly pull some yeah, vibranium spaceships dead. out of the uh, <laughs> out of the um, out of the trash. But yeah. no, she just pulled out a can of fucking food and um, started shoving it. I know. <laughs> it was absolutely bizarre. It was, it was like the thing is, just before the big massacre, I'd written down: just leave the tree ladies and the Bin Dippers alone. Yeah, don't want seriously. to see them anymore, and then and then they did literally just go. and leave them alone. We'll, we'll just massacre the bin dippers and we'll leave the tree ladies for a bit. It, it, I think that they're very they become aware probably that this is a, this is a stinking plot, and it needed to end very quickly, and it's and it, so it has done. It is an Although, absolutely indefensible piece of um, yeah. narrative. It's just like what are they doing in here? 
Scott Gimble. They've done nothing for us because the sum total of all their actions is zero. They have had absolutely no influence on anything. I think Scott Gimble, so I, th- I am 90% sure there was a meeting where Scott Gimble was sat down <laughs> and they said, number one, get rid of the fucking bin dippers. I don't care how you do it. Get rid of them. Number two, we're taking you off this and someone else is going to write it from series nine. Guarantee that that's happened. We'll come think, back to that. Um, I think the yeah the problem is like and and with the massacre, what it does is it makes you even angrier that they were in there in the first place. Yeah. Because if the bin dips have been going somewhere, if like you said there'd been this like oh they've been hiding this helipad with super technology, and they were going to change the fate you know the, the face of the of the war, then that would have been interesting and at least it would have been like a payoff. But, but instead, I think that, it's that just might like, still happen. That but my question about the. Cause, so we've seen the helicopter, remember, going over Rick's head, and we all went, yeah. what's that helicopter about? Where's that from? Um, now, Duda, Simon has gone, oh, what's with the solar panels and the helicopter, by the way? Let's follow this thought through. Simon knows that there is a frigging helicopter and solar panels, a helipad and solar panels, and he knows where they are. And yet, he's just killed everyone and gone back to Negan, probably picking up some potatoes along the way. Makes no sense whatsoever, but it is possible that old uh, Bindipper's going to suddenly go, Rick. Oh no, she doesn't speak like that anymore. Hey, Ricky, want my helicopter? Maybe that could happen. Well, Rick didn't exactly ingratiate himself with her. Uh, he's just like being fire, a firing pillock a warning again. shot over her head and leaving her to die. Yeah, and and you know, look, I've made the point after every one of these that we've done, and. You've questioned this point before, Matthew, that watching them as a binge perhaps would be very different. But but it does it does seem so pedestrian, Rick's development in this kind of anger thing. And just to go back, Matt, follow it through for me. What happens? Tell me what happens. If, if you're saying that the long arc is that Rick will eventually have to say, give peace a chance, right? That is presumably the end of this series. So if he says give peace a chance, where what happens after that? How in what direction can they then take it beyond that? Any I don't know. Ideas? I'm not a writer. But, Jamie, any um, ideas? How does it? What does that look like? Because it, it it just feels to me like it's it he stuck his foot in that ground one too many times. I have not got. Well, it might, it might be. It might be like you said that um, some other character will take up more of a, a, a prominent role and more of the mantle of the lead character than Rick. Rick will take a step back. I don't I don't know, but I well, mean... Well, it could be that that's the end game. I don't know what their plans are for this show, but that, that would seem like a way to wrap it up, that they kind of find a way to live together. But also, by the same token, if they are going to carry it on, I would love to see it expanded into different parts of America. Yeah. And to, to find out what's going on over the rest of the country, you know, in the kind of urban areas and stuff like that, see what's happening up there. Well, I think they're going to but, do that with the spin-offs, more spin-offs, which... I don't want spin-offs. I like this set of characters. And I'll tell you one thing that has uh, displeased me about this series, uh, this half of the series so far, is that Daryl's had all of, like, two words. Weird, isn't it? And then he's, he's, yeah. just, he's just buggered off. I want to see what's going on with him. What's he doing? I have been dissatisfied with his... Um, involvement since he left the sanctuary really well, i think him and andy um lincoln they must be on like they you know the more they do this and the older they get they must be just limiting their time on it 
he's off making video games, isn't he? He's doing uh, Death yeah. Stranding and uh, and um, watch call it the uh, the other the zombie one and a TV is... series called Ride, where he takes famous people and rides on motorbikes, like Jeffrey D. Morgan. Is it? Is it the uh, comedians on bikes getting caught? It's like that, yeah. All <laughs> yeah. oh, right. Um, so anyway, that... yeah. Oh, and one more point about Carl's replacement. Is there... Sadiq. Sadiq. Right. Uh, we are replacing one boy for another boy. You don't know that. He's only been in it for a couple of scenes. So right. we don't know how he's going to do Well, die. let's see how that pans out, shall we? And then we'll come back to it and discuss. Um, I'm more interested in the fractures that are appearing in the, uh, the Saviours. Because yes. Simon's lying was... to Negan. Yeah, I was about to say that was that was one of the more interesting bits. Like Simon, his sort of slightly rebellious nature now, not happy with the the kind of tactics used by Negan, how that is going to split the saviors potentially. The and blue I think that the, the, you know, yeah, yeah, the blue pain. I mean, I, I think that there were some good bits in actually the second in episode ten. I actually, uh, I did enjoy it a bit more. Although it was, you know, it wasn't I perfect, think, but I did think in Rick's radio conversation he was going to give away what had happened at the Bin Dippers, and that's yeah, so did I. Yeah. Why Simon? I did, yeah, it. that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. But this, sorry, just to once again go back to Mad Men. Mad Men never gave you the chance to do this. What we're doing now of going, well, we can see now that Simon's cards are numbered. Like Simon's got two episodes, probably, maybe, maybe a couple more, but Simon's going. And Walking Dead did keep you guessing in the past about that stuff. You didn't know what was coming around the next corner. And the Carl death, unlike the Shane death, Shane's death was surprising but also made total sense with the plot. Carl's death doesn't. It just doesn't. It, it, there wasn't a kind of good enough reason or a logical enough reason for it, I don't think. I, 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 if they go in the direction that I said they would then I think it does make sense because it serves as a catalyst for them to change what's happening. Which I think is their excuse, uh, Scott Gimble's excuse now. So let's go on to this next feature called Do You Agree and Discuss? Welcome to Do You Agree and Discuss, where I get quotes from articles and Jamie and Matt can say whether they agree and discuss. From Digital Spy, an interview with Scott Gimble. When asked why it had to be Carl who died, he said... He needed to be the person who pushed the world in a certain direction, who put out a certain message. That message might even be denied pretty quickly. But we wanted to have it. Uh, we wanted to have the incredible weight of it coming from this young hero in the most serious of circumstances. It couldn't have had more gravity if it had come from another character. Now, my point in all of this is this. Surely, this message. This point has been made already. Did you need to make this message with Carl dying? And do you agree that it needed to be Carl in order to make that point to Rick? When has this point been made already? Um, oh, my God. Every, before they even arrived at Alexandria, the big scene in the church where Daryl says we are... We are not the Walking Dead. We're not the same as them. He says we're the Walking Dead. Rick is adamant that we must not trust people. We must kill them, or they'll pass it on. It's been it's it's been a constant. We must kill people. No, Rick, we mustn't kill people. I I don't think it's ever been this explicit. The full, because this the, is about putting to bed a specific conflict. 
the first half of this series, everyone was debating it already. It... Yeah, but that the, the, Carl is saying they need to they need to unite, which is different than saying um, we need to not murder the people. We need to not murder prisoners of war, which is essentially what they were saying. Everyone was advocating the war, but now there's this feeling that maybe actually we need to put down our guns altogether, well, which then... no one was advocating before this is a i'm not saying it's a million miles away but it is slightly different and i do think that perhaps um from that point of view if that's the message they're trying to sell then yes maybe carl is the strongest aspect to do that well then i'm with you if if what happens the only thing that justifies this to me this move is that if they do actually unite which would require something incredible to be proved to Negan. Both Negan and Rick's worldviews need to be proven wrong by something. Well, they're already giving Negan a little bit more of a third dimension in the way that he's handling things with Simon. Like, he, you know, he seems to have lost his bloodlust a little bit, mm. even if he's seems to he's still retaining that sardonic edge that he's had and never seems to drop. Okay. Well, um, well, this is we're looking for unity. We we are looking for unity. Hopefully, it will come. And I think I think what they're basically setting up is there is going to be a final war. They're going to fight it out, and in the end, the idea will be that Rick will save Negan, will not kill him because of what Carl Carl's message. I think that, and he'll try and ingratiate the remaining saviors within the world that he that has been left behind. That's However, what I'm thinking. I think in order for the series to continue beyond season eight, though, you then need to get back to... There still needs to be blood. So if Rick does decide to save Negan, I wouldn't be surprised if Negan then takes a tumble off a tall building by accident or shoots himself or something. You know, so it's not Nick, it's not um, Rick who does it, but the audience needs the people who killed Abraham and Glenn to die. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's a very bold idea to try and even sell, at all, yeah, because yeah, because of the stuff you're talking about. Yeah, you know that 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 scene with the, the, of the drama. kneeling in front of Negan isn't going to be forgotten in a hurry by the audience. No, the bad guys have to die, and that's it. Otherwise, you. Mm. Um, I theorised this would be the end of Scott Gimble a few episodes ago, from Cleveland.com. The Walking Dead season nine will come with a new showrunner, as the show's previous top executive, Scott Gimble, focuses on even more rumoured spin-off projects. So, <laughs> so it might be the perfect time for such a change. What do we think? Was he pushed? Or does, is, does Scott really want to go and work on the next Fear the Walking Dead? Um, I think a bit of both. I think that... He probably has run out of steam himself, but I think he's also... I think they're happy for him to be going. I, I'd be interested to see who they bring in next. I also... What worries me about the whole spin-off thing, and it's worries me about Game of Thrones as well, is what they're going to be doing, is I worry that with, when, you, when you're trying to create spin-offs while a plot is still moving forward, is that you end up compromising and moving that yeah. plot in certain ways and shaping it to fit to serve something up. else. Yeah. yeah, and that that I don't like that and I don't think it works a lot of the time. I think you can tell it it stinks a little bit. Do you know what the viewing okay. figures were for these, Jamie? I know you like no. viewing figures. Um they were uh like six point five million or something or the second oh. one. The the show's peak period was was fourteen million. But they say, this is from uh, the same website, 
The Walking Dead still top show on cable each week. Got a dominant yeah. hold on the eighteen to forty nine age bracket. Um, it's it's the biggest. It's it's much bigger the numbers still than Breaking Bad and Mad Men in their final seasons. So you yeah. know, okay, it's still okay. knocking out the park. I mean, it, it's still huge. It's a huge show doing amazing things on cable TV. There's no doubt about that. It's you know, it's and it, finally, it's. Would you pay Lauren Cohen as much as she wants? Because from Forbes, things are still up in the air when it comes to AMC's negotiations with Lauren Cohen, who plays Maggie on The Walking Dead. There is no deal still for her contract for season nine. Reportedly, she's been so frustrated by AMC's lowball offers that she's actually signed to star in an upcoming ABC pilot. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Nothing's finalised yet. And Scott Gimbel wow. has expressed lament, but the guy who plays King Ezekiel took to Instagram to post a picture of Cohen <laughs> behind bars and put the caption, pay the woman. <laughs> oh. So, well, that's interesting. I mean, we're, we're in a time where um, pay equality is right in the forefront of the media's focus. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched uh, um, Jimmy Kimmel's um, opening to um, the Oscars, but uh, yeah, I thought yeah. it was ba- bang on on on, on oh, in yeah. a lot of places. Yeah, you're dropping um, out a bit, Matt. But yes. Oh, Jimmy sorry, Kimmel. sorry. Is, is that better? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, if if she's been significantly less than the other lead stars of the show, then I think she's doing exactly the right thing, and she should hold them to ransom. That's right. That's right. Okay, guys. Mark's out of 10 for these two episodes combined. Right, okay. Give me a a worm, if Um, you like. Give me a worm. Give me my worm. Where did you begin? Where did it worm to? Where did you end? Oh, your worm. um, uh, uh, All right. What? Joint number here out of 20. (laughs) No, it's on (laughs) seven. Come on, this is. This is our, this is our, you know, our, our mood tracker that's continuing from last season. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, I started at a six. I finished at a six. Okay. Ooh, I think damning. I started about an eight and ended at a four. To be honest, Matt. Wow. What about you? I I started at a six. Um, I went up. Uh, I went right down to about a three while the uh, the bin dippers were being turned into into slurry for what seemed like about half an hour. Um, <laughs> and then yeah. I came back up to uh, a 7.5. Nice. Okay. I thought the one redeeming thing about the Bindipus scene is that at least they all got shot and and the, that it was there to serve Simon and Negan's story. So it was like, They didn't just get shot. They got turned into canned cat food Oh, as well. that bit. Was, yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, that's so green. Soylent Green is people. Soylent Green is bin dippers. Yeah. And have you watched Fargo yet, Matt? No. It's time you watch that before you come back at me with any of your attention deficit arguments. Okay? No. Excellently no. made TV series. Matt would love Fargo. I don't well, understand But that doesn't change anything, Hal. The, 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 the fact that you like one show doesn't mean that you shouldn't... Uh, you should therefore dislike other shows because their pacing is different. It's not that I dislike Godless. I just hold it to higher standards than you do. That's all. I've just got higher taste. It's not, it's not true that you, you. The thing is, you pose as highfalutin, and you're actually not capable of dealing with shows that <laughs> that, that meet those kind of requirements. Mm, Madman, like you, you, you couldn't. 
Well, well I mean, yeah, you've got well, Fargo's. You've already pointed out that it's not the same as that. It doesn't have the same kind of lingering um, shots and uh, and story ideas. It's a shot that it's a show that relies on driving the narrative forward. Whereas the shows we're talking about are, are ones that get a little bit more introspective with character and don't rely as heavily on plot twists, which is what you yearn for. No, I don't. I don't. There's a difference. Yeah, there's you do. Difference. You can really see it now when there's a pattern forming among the things that you like the most. And basically, you're after a cheap thrill. Your love of television is like, is like someone eating a, uh, an endless bag of Skittles. That's what you want. Do I enjoy waiting for Godot? Yes. Does that have plot twists? No, none. None whatsoever, because it's an exploration of ideas, not just relying on atmosphere and people wandering around talking about their past, which is exposition. Ask yeah, Aristotle. Only... He'll tell you that Godless is a bag of shit until it gets going. Right, time to go. We haven't got time for any more, I'm afraid. Um, I'm glad that I won that last point and <laughs> that it was entirely relevant to The Walking Dead. So we'll see you next week for another one. Don't forget to go and check out our merchandise. The web address is... What is it, Matt? Uh, Theboxsetpod.com slash tease. Well, obviously. Yeah, don't forget the dot com. Um, you know. And, uh, and that's it, that's it. Okay. Uh, I reckon you've got ten seconds to make a prediction for what's going to happen in the next episode. Jamie? For uh, uh, um, some kind of... Uh, some, um, we're going to see more of Daryl. Uh, Matt? Jadis flies a helicopter into the sanctuary. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I think Damn we're going to... I think it's going to be one of those where we subplot off into another dimension. Uh, I don't think we're going to see much of Rick in the next episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.